Hey, hello everyone. <clears throat> Hope everybody's having a great week. Um, it's been about five days since Cruel Duel 100. Uh, it was quite an experience. Uh, I hope you listened to the, the the whole video. I've got some some good learning points. I think will help you in your uh, trail runs and ultra runs, especially the more difficult ones. Um, so Cruel Duel 100. It's a 100-mile race in northern Georgia and took place last Friday, started at noon and uh, covers uh, uh, some dip really difficult trails. It's about 32,000 feet of climbing and descent. Um, I was really well prepared for the, for the race and uh, been doing military-style training and also um, Know, he'll uh, getting my vert on my treadmill anyways I felt really good going into the race and my fitness was better than it has been in a long time um, so the race started around 12 o'clock it was very hot and uh, started off pretty uh, really strong uh, the first part of the race if you you're running a couple miles uh, pretty much uphill of course the whole race is pretty much uphill you're looking at about 400 feet of uh, elevation gain per mile in some part sections of the race uh, are much more than that and I'll get into that but uh, started off pretty good then after three or four miles we got onto the trails and did a technical loop and uh, very interesting you have to punch your bib halfway through the loop and then when you get to the next aid station they verify it there was a couple couple uh, place where you had to do that in the race it was pretty interesting I've never done that before and uh, then there was a road section I would say probably five miles and uh, felt pretty good it was very hot uh, probably in the 80s but it's humid and I think the people from up north they really suffered in that area I'm, you know being from Texas it was I felt it was really hot and uh, was able to keep a pretty good pace. I jogged the road sections. You know, I knew that was very important to try to bank time because most of the course is mostly fast hiking because of so much climbing. Got into the tough sections of the course uh, around mile 20, and uh, at first, yeah, it really it kind of beat me up the the steep climbing. But what was interesting, one finding was after doing the continuous climbing probably four or five miles i got used to it and that was really the case throughout the race the climbing really didn't affect me as much as i thought it would and uh, <clears throat> uh was doing pretty well um around mile 30 um i got you know it was dark and i got into some of the tougher the toughest sections there was one 11 mile section that's uh you know where you very technical section for about four miles then there was an aid station and then you got into what they called fish gap and fish gap is about a seven mile section to the next aid station and there's a lot of climbing it starts off with a horrendous climb uh almost 20 uh, uh 20 degree climb and uh goes up and down and through lots of vegetation uh the it was so dense for us that when you're 
going down the trails, I mean, you basically had vegetation on both sides of you rubbing your legs. And that wasn't, that was, I didn't like that. That section I really didn't like of the course because I thought it was kind of dangerous because, you know, it's snake season and it was kind of like running the gauntlet. But it was at night and it was kind of, it was kind of cool. So I felt pretty good that, the, you know, the snakes weren't going to be out. Um, but really tough section. I mean, I made it, I mean, I was prepared for that. I mean, I had a full hydration bladder, but to be honest, I ran out of, I ran out of uh, hydration a couple miles from the next aid station. So it was a little bit rough and I got really hungry. Uh, one of my learnings that I wanted to share with you from this race is, um, I've always said, you know, you need about 300 calories uh, per hour. Um, I think, I think on a really extreme elevation course, I don't care if you're hiking it or not, you're gonna need more than that. I think I really needed probably near 500 calories an hour. And there were a couple times in this race and one of them was during Fish Gap where I wasn't hungry, I felt like I was starving. And what I mean by starving, I mean not really starving, but um, I had that feeling like, you know, when you do like a 25, 30 hour fast, I felt like that. And I was eating every aid station and then also eating some gels between the aid station. But I really got behind on my calories. And uh, one of my learnings is in future races, I'm going to carry less gear. I mean, I was carrying extra lights and also some warm clothing, which turned out I didn't need. I'm always too conservative with electronics. I'm gonna carry less, less gear, take more risk with the gear, so one finding was I needed to carry uh, more, more uh, food, more calories. Um, like I said, I think I need four to 500 calories per hour. Um, it, there was just so much climbing. The climbing didn't bother me, but I was really surprised about how the climbing affected my hydration needs and my calorie needs. So I'm gonna carry less gear and uh, I'm gonna invest in the, the best gels. I mean, some I met some very, very good uh, uh, experienced runners, some that had run PTL and Tour de Johns and you know, 200 mile plus races and they were all using Martin gels. And I mean, that's not new to me. I knew Martins make the best gels and I mean, a lot of the pros using them too, but they're really expensive, but I think I'm gonna invest in them. If I, if I do a, a, a race like this caliber, you know, Cool Jewels, a lot, a lot of people say it's the third hardest race in the in the U.S. You know, with uh, Ure being number one, Hard Rock being number two, and Cruel Jewel being the third hardest race, ultra race in the U.S. But I'm gonna I'm gonna really carry a lot more uh, calories with me in these really hard races, and I think it will make a difference. Um, I continued on, and. Uh, made it to the Duncan Ridge Trail, which is famous as being a really tough part of the section of the course. And then I went down uh, Kusa Mountain uh, during the night and made it all the way out to Poor Decisions, um, did the turnaround, and uh, I felt real good. I mean, I made it to the turnaround 50 miles and I was like, man, let's take this thing home. I'm gonna finish this race. I was a couple hours ahead of cutoff but then I had to climb the, the hardest mountain in the race. I went down it before, but I had to go back up it uh, after the turnaround. And it's about 4,000 feet of, of very steep climbing. And that just, that just broke me. Um, 
I ran out of hydration again a couple miles from the aid station and I was at a point where I was even going to ask people for water. I mean, I was, I, I, my mind was playing games with me. And uh, I really didn't need it though. I, slow, I was slowing down a little bit. And I made it all the way up to the mountain, made the mountain. And uh, the 50 milers had started that morning. So they were coming, they were coming from the other side of the course and they passed me. That kind of lifted my spirits. Um, but, you know, I was thinking of a lot of things, you know, I was starting to get a little bit depressed because I was hungry and I was severely dehydrated. I made it back to the Duncan Ridge aid station and uh, I decided to pull out of the race even though I was a couple hours ahead of the time. One of the reasons, a couple of the reasons were is the race was taking me a lot longer than I thought. Um, I, it took me almost 24 hours to do 50 miles and I thought I was going to finish the whole race in about 38 hours. The reason that's important is because I have 48 hours to finish the race, but that had been 12 noon on Sunday and my plane left at like 7 o'clock Sunday night. I mean, if it took me 42, 43 hours to finish the race, I would really not have much time to sleep before I needed to drive the rental car all the way back to Atlanta, which was two hours away. And Atlanta airport was crazy. I'll tell you about that later in the video. Um, so that was, the logistics was kind of messing with my mind. If I think seriously, if I was a local person, like I lived in Georgia, I would have pushed on and finished the race. It did get into a really heavy downpour later in the day. So that would have been terrible to try to get through. But I think I could have finished the race with the way my body was, I just would have had to spend maybe 20, 30 minutes at the aid station eating and getting rehydrated because I was gonna to have to do Fish Gap again, which is a seven mile journey. And that kind of messed with my mind too because it was now daylight, you know, the, the biggest snake risks is gonna be at um, when the sun comes up and at dusk. And the sun was coming up and here I was going to have to go through this seven mile section that's so ve the vegetation was so thick that it's basically rubbing on each side of you as you're going through the going through the section and it's it's a really tough section but I mean I w the section the climbing really didn't bother me the whole race I, I really was well prepared for that it's just I it really I'll be honest I kind of chickened out in my head about fish gap it really spooked me you know because I have young kids and family and stuff, you know. I mean, I'm all. I mean, I do these extreme endurance uh, events all the time, but if I'm going to go against an opponent, which is a dangerous, venomous snake, I want to be able to see it, you know. And this fish gap was quite dangerous because there were some parts where I had, you know, there's thick vegetation. Um, if it'd been in the winter time, I wouldn't worry at all because the snakes would be out. Wouldn't be out. But I mean this. This area of Georgia, you know, they have timber rattlesnake, which is very dangerous, even more dangerous than Western Diamondback. Um, but when you have a wide, clear trail, you know, if you have like a couple, three, four feet, you can see what's going on. The snakes don't want to mess with you. You know, you can see them crossing the trail, but when you're doing a seven mile section now, when you're doing a seven mile section that's three, 400 feet of climbing per mile, it's going to take you a couple hours. So this is a couple hour uh, section uh, very dangerous for snakes because you couldn't see where you're going really. I mean you're talking about a one one and a half foot trail So there was really no visibility and there were parts of the trail where you kind of 
uh, drop down into gulches and uh, under trees and over logs. I mean, it just kind of spooked me. I really didn't want to go. So my mind kind of, I had the I had the ability to go on in the race, but my mind when I, I the fish gap was next after I the section I quit at aid station I quit, and that really kind of messed with me. I, I really it helped me talk in myself into pulling out of the race. But having said that, I'm very positive about the experience because I was in really good shape. I made it 60 miles, and that effort to do the 60 miles was much harder than many of the 100 mile races that I've done. So my key learnings, just to kind of uh, go over them again, need much more calories for a very difficult race like this, you know, 30,000 plus climbing, you know, Mount Everest is 27,000 feet. So, you know, basically I was doing three, 400 feet over every mile. Some miles had thousands of feet per mile. So, but just over an average over the whole race, it was three, 400 feet per mile. Um, that kind of race just really takes a lot more calories and hydration because it, it was something new to me. I mean, I'd done races that had 15,000 feet, but I'd never done anything like this. But So I know now I'm going to be stacked to the brim of my pack uh, with uh, uh, high-calorie gels. And uh, how to handle hydration, just be more careful with it. I couldn't have really carried more hydration because I had no room. I mean, I had room for one bottle maybe, but... I had hiking poles most of the race, um, so I couldn't carry a bottle in my hand. So that's hydration and uh, nutrition. The training, my military type training with weightlifting, cross training every day, and uh, hiking and running is working. Uh, that's definitely definitely the way way to go. Um, so I look forward to. Uh, you know, trying it again, maybe not next year, but um, maybe the following year. I definitely want to do Uray 100 and Cool Jill 100. Um, but I got two bad injuries in this race, and um, I'll show you some pictures up in the right. Um, these injuries are injuries that roadrunners never get. You're probably thinking, oh, you probably got chafed. No, it wasn't chafing. I really, uh, it, these things didn't take me out of the race, but after the race, really painful, is I got attacked by poisonous plants, probably uh, poison sumac or ivy or something. Um, my left leg has whelps all down the leg and it feels like somebody's pushing a branding iron in me. I mean, I'm five, five days out of the race and I'm still dealing with it, you know, and there's really no cure. I've been putting steroids on it and uh, um, calamine lotion, aloe vera, but you know, it's peaked now and it can take up to two to three weeks to go away. So one of my legs is just trashed by poison plants. Um, and I was really careful. I think in the fish gap is where I got attacked by the plants. Um, I was real careful trying not, I knew there was poison ivy out there and the race director warned us about it. I mean, the race directors did a great job in this race. I mean, really, really phenomenal job. So I knew it was out there, I tried to avoid it, but when you're, when you're running down a trail for seven miles, and some of the other sections had some sections like this, when you have such a small clearance between the vegetation and you running, you're just gonna get, I guess you're just gonna get hit by the poisonous plants. And I've got whelps all down my leg. I'll show you a picture here. And then the second thing was, I, uh, my right side, I kicked, th this trail was really nice. It's, the Georgia trails are very smooth compared to Texas trails. You know, Texas trails are very rocky, but 
I kicked a log or a rock really bad and it really damaged my big toe on my my right foot. Didn't bother me during the race, but afterwards, I mean, when I got cleaned up, I mean, I, I know I kicked it. I kicked rock or a log with that toe a couple times. And after the race, my toenail was basically solid white. I know there was some damage near the roots, separation maybe. Um, I had a follow-up appointment with my uh, podiatrist, my foot doctor, on the two days after the race. It was just a regular uh, visit, following up on some other issues. And I asked him, I said, do you think this toenail is going to, it's going to survive? Because if it's not, I mean, it's causing me a lot of pain. I, could, every, I couldn't even touch anything. I couldn't do push-ups. I couldn't do anything because you, you don't know how much you use your big toe until you damage it. I mean, I've done that before where I, in martial arts, I damaged it and it went black one time and it was weeks to solve. But your big toe is so important for your foot. So anyways, I wanted to solve the problem and he said, no, it's, you've damaged it too much. It's probably best that we take it off. And I don't know if that was the best decision because my toe was very damaged with a lot of trauma. And then I gave it more trauma by taking the nail off, which was not loose. It was just damaged. But I'll tell you what, it's been three or four days since I've taken the nail off and my toe has caused me so much pain. I've been take so I've been taking Benadryl and ibuprofen every day, you know, for the pain from the burns and the pains from my toe on my right leg. So this is why I kind of been out of pocket, and not on YouTube, posting videos, and uh, I've just been in really bad shape this week, just trying to recover from the burns and my really damaged toe. So. Those things happen in trail running. You won't happen in road running, but uh, uh, they they can happen. Um, hope you f hope you found this useful about Cruel Jewel. If you have any questions about the race, I highly suggest it. But be prepared. It's uh, many say many experienced uh, the really hardcore ultra runners tell you it's the third hardest race in the U.S. <clears throat> I plan to do it again. Maybe not next year, but maybe the year after that. Um, I'm not disappointed. I know I could have finished it. I just, it just wasn't in the cards for me. I think next time I'll plan more time in the Atlanta area, maybe go back on the Monday instead of Sunday. Um, then I won't have to worry about the logistics of getting home because I mean, I would have literally had to go directly from the airport after running for 40 some hours. I mean, that would have been dangerous. I mean, I wouldn't have got much sleep, so. So I'm glad I did pull out of the race, but I learned so much from this. And it gave me knowledge that I can use towards other very difficult uh, ultra, run, ultra races, you know, I call master's level races, you know, above 15,000 feet of climbing. Because, you know, in the future, that's my, what I want to focus on. I want to focus on these mountain heavy, you know, mountain type races. I mean, it was a really beautiful course. When I climbed the, the Kusa Mountain, which is, I think it's named after Cherokee. Um, it was really beautiful at the top. I couldn't take any pictures because I was using poles um, But at, uh, you can imagine that at the top of this mountain was a different Biodiversity, I mean it, it was really am amazing at the top of this mountain was all ferns in the whole top of the mountain as I was running across it was all green from Ferns there were no other type of vegetation This was about 4,000 feet. It's one of the tallest mountains in Georgia 
it was really beautiful but I feel well prepared for my next uh, adventure I have Penhody which is in November um, that's another mountainous race um, with less time I'll be prepared for that this summer I'm gonna really focus on um, my body weight exercises my weightlifting and I'm really gonna get even more better shape for my next race so hope you uh, Learn something from my uh, my uh, Cruel Jewel 100 adventure. I highly suggest it. This race, but you need to be experienced to jump into this race. It was really tough, and uh, I was with a lot of very ex more experienced runners than me. That some of them dropped out before me. Uh, so this is this is a really neat race, but you got to really be experienced to jump into it. But uh, anyways, wish you a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.